happening with our Ultimate Life series. And as we've said before, when we planned this series earlier this year, we had no idea that we would be going through what we're going through with COVID and our lockdowns. But God has been so faithful. But before I start this morning, there's one thing I really want to share because I want to share the truth of what Sam shared with you this morning in Psalm 34. Because one month ago today, I was actually in an operating theater having surgery on my shoulder. And I went through that whole process with the complete peace of God. So I just wanna say right now, the whole story is for another time, but God's peace can be with us at all times. And I just want to really emphasize that message that Sam brought around communion. So it's true. So this morning, as we move into Ultimate Life 2, we are going to be looking at the soul this morning. But before we do, let's just remember a couple of things about ultimate life and come walk with me. So as we said before, the ultimate life is actually about living life with Jesus. It's not about our circumstances, but it's all about Jesus in our circumstances. And we've been hearing so much about that now and the truth of that. And come walk with me, of course, is the invitation into a growing relationship with Jesus. And how good is that? I'm so excited to be here this morning and I'm so excited to be able to speak about this again. So this morning, we are going to be exploring areas of soul health. And uh, we remember that the, uh, the ultimate life was about 3 John 1, 2, where John was saying, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things just as, and be in health just as your soul prospers. So as we explore soul health this morning, I think you'll find that, agree with me, that this is an area which most of us have struggles from time to time. And uh, the good news is this, that Jesus is here as the answer to our struggles. And he came to make us whole, to restore what was broken and by his spirit, to help us to stay in balance as whole people. So let's just take another look at wholeness again. We'll revisit this just for a moment. So the word wholeness, it has a, a sense of entirety, totality, completeness, and it means that we are complete. Brokenness, of course, is the opposite of wholeness, and we'll touch on that this morning. It means that some part of us is not functioning as God originally intended. This morning, as we focus on the soul in particular, we'll see what brokenness can mean in the soul, and again, how Jesus is the ultimate answer. Now, you'll see here again, our whole person is body, soul, and spirit. And we see that the soul is mind, will, and emotions. So this morning, we're going to be looking at the soul, and in particular, the mind and the emotions, and wholeness in that area of our lives. So imagine a moment, a jigsaw puzzle. And what you have here is actually a picture of a jigsaw puzzle. It's a picture of Australia, but it's a jigsaw puzzle that is complete. Just imagine for a moment that every piece is in its right place and it all fits together perfectly. Well, that is how God created us. That is how he created you and I, that every part of us would fit together perfectly according to the way that he has designed us. So the state of being perfectly well in body, soul, which is our mind, will and emotions and spirit, was God's original design for us before the fall, before sin came into the world. God made Adam and Eve in Genesis 2 as complete or whole beings. Each part of them were intricately interwoven with the other parts. And God created a masterpiece. We were created in a marvelous way. But for us now, our daily life is a little bit different from that. And that's what we've been talking about in this series. 
So let's look at some of what you and I experience as we live our lives now on this earth. And we'll quickly revisit body, soul and spirit before we focus again on the soul. So in our body, we know that our body can be seen and felt. We can feel it, we can see it. And we also know that we need to take care of our body and that's been covered so well in this series. No one else can do that, of course. But the other end of the scale, we can actually perhaps move into uh, the other end, which is becoming obsessed with our physical appearance and all the other unhealthy things that that brings and all the other unhealthy behaviours and even disorders. So there's part of the balance in the body. So at this point, can I say this? God created you and he loves you and he accepts you just as you are. So let's have a quick look at our spirit. Now, our spirit can't be seen or felt naturally. And our spirit can be fed either by the life of Jesus or by other spiritual sources. And we don't have time in this series to talk about the other spiritual sources. But what we have explained so clearly is that when Jesus comes into your life, when you accept Jesus, you have a completely new spirit. And your spirit, actually the life of the spirit, begins to flow from there. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Now let's have a look at the soul. This one's a little bit more difficult in some ways. So the soul is this, it's an inner part that can't be seen, but that can be felt. So we feel things in our soul, and often there's like this inner tug of war where we're feeling different things. And I think most of you will relate to that, that from time to time, we experience that tug of war. And the Bible tells us this, our spirit is completely new when we accept Jesus, as we've seen in this series, but as we've also seen, our soul still has to learn to live in this truth, as we have seen earlier. Now, the Bible tells us a number of things about our soul. It tells us that while our soul can become weary and broken, and we'll have a look at that, it tells us also that our soul can be restored by God. So what a great hope. So we're going to start with that hope that our soul can be restored by God, because that is also the truth. Let's have a look at what the Bible says. Psalm 116.7 says, Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Now, if we look at this in the Passion Translation, it's a little bit clearer to us. And it says this, Now I can say to myself and to all, Relax and rest, be confident and serene, for the Lord rewards fully those who simply trust in him. So this is speaking about being able to trust in God and having that reward of God's trust flow into our soul as rest and serenity in our circumstances. That's a promise, and that is part of what walking with Jesus brings into our lives. And let's have a look at slide, the next one here. Psalm 23, one to three, which many of us are familiar with. If you haven't heard this before, again, this is a promise of walking with Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. So just imagine yourself right now, lying down in green pastures with Jesus. He leaves me beside still waters, not turbulent waters and not stormy places. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. What a promise that is. He is the one, Jesus is the one who restores your soul, who restores my soul. There's his promises. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness. So both of these, what we've just looked at, they're pictures of peace in the ultimate life of walking with Jesus. And who does not want that? Now, what can happen, of course, in our daily lives, there are things that can cause us to become weary or even lead to a brokenness in our soul. So what that means is the jigsaw puzzle doesn't fit together the way it's meant to fit together. And we're looking at this morning at how the mind and the emotions can affect that picture. So the opposite of wholeness in the soul is brokenness. That can happen, for example, when mental or emotional pain or overload causes us to function and respond in a way that we were not designed by God for. And if we go back to this jigsaw puzzle, it's a bit like some pieces are missing or some pieces are in the wrong place or some pieces are in there that don't belong there. And this is why we need Jesus in our lives because he is the one who knows how you and I were created because he created you to function. He knows the picture of what your soul is meant to look like. So some of the symptoms of brokenness in the soul, they can be associated with mental or emotional pain. And I'm sure most of us have felt that from time to time because we do live in this world. And I know that many of you might be feeling that right now, even as we're watching. So I'm just going to stop for a moment and say, Jesus, we thank you that you're here right now. You're right now to be with us, Lord, as we talk about these areas and even talking about them can sometimes be painful. But Jesus, you're right here to bring us peace, Lord, and to keep those waters still around us. So our soul can become weary just as our bodies can become weary. And our soul, of course, can be very busy places, a lot going on in our mind, a lot going on in our emotions. And that can cause a weariness in the soul area. So let's explore a couple of questions now. What's our part in taking care of our soul? And what can cause weariness in the mind or in the emotions? Well, we'll briefly look at a couple of areas. So there's a couple of areas in the soul, which we'll touch on for a few minutes, that are really central to what can cause the weariness. And there's two areas here. We can be either overloaded or we can be in pain. And we'll talk about those briefly for a few minutes. So our souls can become overloaded. Too much going on. Too much going on in the mind. Too much going on in the emotions. So how do we handle this? First of all, we have the promises that we saw before of Jesus. But mental or emotional overload can lead to very high levels of fatigue. And I'm sure many of you would understand that. And even what we know is burnout. And we'll touch on that very briefly next week can also lead to physical overload. I mean, your soul can be so busy that it actually leads to a fatigue in the body. The danger point for us is when we can no longer process what's going on. When the jigsaw puzzle becomes so scrambled that the picture becomes distorted. And that's a place we don't want to get to. Now, life circumstances alone can create situations of overload. And I've been in situations of overload a number of times in my life, and I'm sure you have too, more than once. So what do we do? Well, the first step is we must rest. Rest for the soul is what the Bible talks about, what Jesus promises us. We must be prepared to rest, to slow down long enough to allow ourselves to come into the natural balance 
after God intended for us. To take a step backwards and be prepared to let some things go that may seem to be important. An overloaded mind, emotions or drivenness, feeling driven or guilt if not doing something are all symptoms of a need for rest. Now, the Lord has had to deal with me in my life a long time ago about drivenness because I'm a highly active pe person, love to be doing things, love to be producing. And that's one thing that Jesus has had to teach me in my life to, to learn to let that drivenness go and to learn to step back and come into his peace. And uh, we see the story of Jesus with Mary and Martha in Luke 10, 38 to 42, which we won't go into this morning, but Jesus was talking to Martha who was busy trying to do things for him and trying to serve him. And then he was speaking to Mary who simply sat at his feet and was in his presence. And Jesus said that was the better way. I'll share a little story with you that I have shared with a number of people, but a lesson that I learned a long time ago when I was a young executive in the business world. And I remember a time when I was working 60 hours a week and I was working probably till eight o'clock in the office in the evenings and working at home on Saturdays. Now we didn't have the online capabilities then that we have now, but I saw a number of people around me become unwell to, to become, you know, they burned out and weren't able to function. And one day I realized I had this like aha moment. I thought, if I don't change something, I'm gonna go down exactly that same path. So I still had all the responsibilities that I had, but I woke up one morning and I made a decision. I'm not going to go down that path. And it was my decision. And what I did is I said to myself, all right, no more working on weekends. That was the first thing I cut out. And then I reduced my hours. And I remember the first weekend I didn't work. I went into work on the Monday and the whole world didn't fall in. <laughs> Things were fine and I started to function better. And as I walked further down that path, what I realized was that my mind, my soul was not functioning well because of overload. And as soon as I put that rest space in there, my productivity doubled. So that was a lesson that I learned and it was a very, very valuable lesson. So sometimes we do need to do that and realize that when you start to recover in your mind and your emotions, your productivity will be much greater. So when our soul is unwell, our whole being can be out of balance as some of the effects can be seen in physical stress and anxiety. And we'll have a conversation about that next week. So let's quickly look at pain. How do we handle pain in our soul? Pain which we can't see, but we can feel in our mind and our emotions in particular. Those feelings that we so often can't find the words for. We just know that we're hurting. Well, first of all, the truth is this to understand we were never created by God to bear pain. Our souls were never created to bear it. We were created in the image of a great God who planned a very different existence for us. He made us for love and to love him. But he gave us the free will to choose. And the consequence of such choices is what has brought pain into the world. So there are many responses to pain. And uh, while it's not possible to go into these in any great depth this morning, you might recognize some. So first of all, we can try to block it, pretend that it's not there and make it go away. We can withdraw from those around us, cut them off. We can deflect our pain onto others, it's their fault. We can move into denial, this really isn't happening so I don't have to face it. 
We can block pain in the soul through physical or emotional ways that try and cover up the pain. And it's interesting that the pain and pleasure centres in the brain are exactly in the same place. So we can lose yourself perhaps by distracting your mind with other things, binge on Netflix, or the less healthy aspects of creating an online persona or an identity, pretending that you're someone else. So mental and emotional pain, as we know, can also underlie underneath addictive behaviours of all sorts, including alcoholism and other unhealthy responses. We won't go into these in depth this morning. Or we can turn to Jesus. And the truth is that we need Jesus to show us what we don't know, what we can't see, and at times what we can't feel, because he knows that picture in the jigsaw puzzle. So the good news is this. Jesus is here to bring peace to those who need it right now. And at the end, we're going to pray for that, for those who need the peace of Jesus. Now, sometimes, of course, you need someone with you who's trained and equipped to walk with you and Jesus through areas that need healing. And you will know if you need this. And what I've seen over probably 24 years now is the different ways in which Jesus works and the different ways in which he meets people in those places through my own life and the lives of many others, through his word, through listening to a message, a podcast, perhaps on a live stream or alone in prayer. I'm firmly convinced of this, that if anyone cries out to Jesus, fully believing that he is who he is, then he will find a way to meet you in that place. So there was always hope in Jesus. Now, because we can't go into a lot of detail, I'm going to show you three books that are very good for those who want to pursue this a bit more. This is Andrew Womack's book on body, soul and spirit. It's the best I have seen in looking at the body, soul and spirit and how they're created to be together. It's totally based on the word of God and I can highly recommend that one. This one is Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. Now this one looks at the connection between our emotional health and our spiritual health. And it's really bringing a similar message in the sense that when we rest in our soul and when we develop the spiritual side of our life, that keeps us in balance. So for those who want to explore that one, can highly recommend that. Now this one has been around for quite a while. This is Healing Damaged Emotions by David Siemens. This is a great book for those who are hurting in the emotional area. Now, this is available now as an e-book. There's an updated version. My copy's quite old now, but you can download that as an e-book. And I'd highly recommend that too for anyone who wants to walk this through with Jesus, with the help of someone who's been through it and who can guide you through it. So, we don't have a lot of time to talk about the mind this morning. Let me just say this much. A healthy mind is informed by the word of God. We saw earlier in this series that the life of Jesus flows through our spirit. Now, our soul needs to be open to the truth to allow the flow of the life of the spirit into the soul. That's a key connection there. And we've talked about renewing our mind with the word of God. We've talked about that before. So let me say this. A healthy mind is formed by the way God thinks not the way the world thinks, the world in which we live. So let's stop for a couple of moments now and just consider some aspects of how Jesus lived and what we can learn from that. Jesus lived under pressure a lot of the time. 
He lived under pressure on this earth, much the same as you and I live under pressure on this earth. But Jesus created good boundaries around his life. Jesus was not driven by the needs of everyone around him. He took things to his father in prayer. He spent nights alone on the mountain with his father in prayer. He took time away from the crowds and time away from others to allow that balance to come into his life. Jesus lived from the place of relationship with his father in heaven, not from the opinions or the needs of others. It's interesting that Jesus was asleep in the boat on the Sea of Galilee in the middle of a storm. Now, he was either humanly totally exhausted, so he slept through the storm, or maybe he was just totally secure in who he was and in his relationship with the Father. It's interesting to think about that, isn't it? So the invitation this morning is this. Matthew 11, 28, 29, Jesus said to this, Come to me, all you who labour, and a heavy laden, I will give you rest. There's the promise again, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. There it is again, the promise of rest for your souls. The invitation to come walk with me is for those who labor and are heavy laden. Now at that time, Jesus was speaking to people who were burdened by the requirements of religious leaders. He was speaking to those who were burdened by their sin. And he's still speaking to those today who are burdened by their past, who are burdened by what's happened to them in life, and who are still struggling with any part of life today. So the invitation to you this morning is to come to Jesus. The invitation is to take the yoke of Jesus. In other words, to submit totally to him and to submit to his commands as how we should live. Now, the yoke in those days was what was placed around the necks of a pair of oxen who would plough a field together. The yoke with Jesus is Jesus walking with us and Jesus keeping us in balance. I'd like to put it to you this morning that is actually a picture of walking in balance with Jesus. We submit to his word and our soul begins to align with what's true in our spirit. His promise is rest for your soul as he does what he does best, and that is to lead you into freedom, healing, and restoration, because that's who he is, that's what he does. Jesus, of course, is not a self-help answer. He's not the one we call upon only when everything else fails. He's the one we draw, not the one we draw upon only when it pleases us, no. Jesus is not a commodity, he's Lord. His disciples called him master. That meant teacher. And it recognises who he is, why he came to show us the way, the truth and the life. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So let me stop again at this point and say this. Jesus came into the world that we would know the truth about God, about what he's really like and to bring us into the freedom of that truth. And the truth brings us into wholeness. The pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are in the right place to complete the picture when we're walking in the truth that Jesus brings into our life. So what does that mean for us this morning? We're far more integrated than we realise. 
And Jesus knows the total picture. Jesus knows the way you and I were created to function. And only Jesus can keep us in balance in our spirit, our soul, our body, our mind, our will and our emotions, the soul. So I'm going to leave you now with this question. Will you accept this morning that Jesus has the answers when you accept his invitation to come walk with me in every part of your life and in every day of your life? So Sam and Rose are going to worship with us now for a moment.